Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hello, everyone. This is Rosie Tran, and welcome to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weibo.tv special report sponsored by our friends at DuckDuckGo. You may have heard my voice at the end of every episode on Weibo.tv. I'm the one asking you to leave a review. Which, by the way, I hope you've done, right? You've left us a review? Okay, great. Unless you're lying. <clears throat> well, I'm a lot more than a voice. I'm also Weibo.tv's intrepid reporter, and over the course of this miniseries, I'm going to share with you short, actionable tips you can use to protect your privacy. These tips were sourced by our fearless leader, he really hates when we call him that, BJ Mendelson. BJ, for those of you who may not know, is the author of the book Privacy and How We Get It Back, a book that was published in the before times. This means before COVID. BJ is currently writing a sequel called How to Protect Yourself from Fascists and Weirdos. So everything we're going to hear in this miniseries is the most up-to-date information he's researched, bringing us into 2023 and beyond. Throughout the series, you're also going to hear from some special guests and experts in the information security field. You hear that sound? That means it's time for today's privacy tip. So a few years ago, before this whole pandemic thing started, BJ's laptop crashed. He doesn't know why, but if you guessed it was because that laptop was riddled with super heroin themed pornography, you'd probably be right. Regardless, three years later, BJ has this laptop just sitting around and not being used. Some of you may be in that exact same boat, not with like the Wonder Woman porn, but you may have an old smartphone or laptop that's not being used. Well, I've got some good news for you this week, because if you're planning to travel internationally, these old devices can come in really handy. Here's why. When you travel internationally, you want to do so with as little tech as possible. That's because your tech can be searched. This includes your phone and your laptop, as well as any external storage devices you might have. So the trick is to take your old devices if you must travel with something, get them fixed up if you can, and then restore them to their factory default settings. You will then use those devices when you travel and wipe them again before you go home or cross another border. This isn't always feasible. If you have an iPhone 6 or something, the device may be too old to reactivate and secure. This is because Apple's no longer issuing software updates for it. So for those of you without an old device, you might need to break out your wallets. This is one of the shittiest things about the state of privacy and data security in the 21st century. Most reliable solutions cost money. The good news is that burner phones are relatively affordable. Laptops, on the other hand, especially Apple products, are ridiculously expensive. We'll talk more about why you should get an Apple computer next week. Now, there's one more thing you need to do when traveling internationally, and it's very important. Turn off facial recognition on your smartphone. Instead, when you travel anywhere that has a high risk of encountering law enforcement, you want to use a pin instead. The longer and more random the pin, the better. And if you have trouble remembering that new pin, well, there's a reason we recommend you get yourself a privacy notebook, you know. We'll see you next week. Are you still listening? We hope so, because we have a special surprise. Back in 2017, BJ's first book on privacy came out. 
It was called Privacy and How We Get It Back. Broadway actor Roger Wayne did the narration for the audio edition of the book. Our editor, Andrew, was nice enough to go through the audiobook and pull out the sections that are still very much worth sharing with you today. So if you stick around and listen to this miniseries after every privacy tip, you'll hear another excerpt from BJ's book, Privacy and How We Get It Back. Take it away, Roger. Five. The Social Media Industrial Complex. Nine times out of ten, nobody is given any sort of explicit control over who has their data and what's being done with it. You might be able to flip a switch or two within Facebook or Twitter settings, but that doesn't even begin to slow down the amount of data they're grabbing about you. Aside from altering the terms of service at any time they choose, the platforms and companies also may not inform you that the use of their app also means that your data will be shared with a data broker like Axiom. Or, incredibly common in the name of growth hacking, that the platform or app will quietly upload all of your contacts from your phone's address book, spam them, and collect all your friends' information in addition to yours. Don't forget about that. LinkedIn settled out of court to the tune of $13 million for spamming people you were connected to in your address book. Both MySpace and Facebook spammed people in their early days to quickly grow their user base, with Facebook notably spamming everyone at Harvard. Underneath most of the stories about viral phenomenons or red-hot startups, you'll often find something creepy being done to grow rapidly. And that something creepy almost always involves abusing your data. Why is your data worth so much in the first place? Let's look at that argument another way. The value of your data is rooted in a questionable belief that Internet-based data collection companies can provide better and more precise data about consumers than traditional media outlets and thus can get better target consumers on behalf of big brands and advertising agencies. Not everyone believes targeted internet advertising is all it's cracked up to be. I sure don't. But enough people do to the point where there's big money to be made in scooping up and selling data to brands and large companies. Despite all of that, according to The Guardian, Google and Facebook attracted one-fifth of global advertising spend in 2016, with Google collecting $79.4 billion and Facebook collecting $26.9 billion. So, if you're wondering how much your data is worth, those numbers should give you a nice place to start. This isn't a marketing book, so I won't get too much into how stupid it is to flush money down the toilet on micro-targeting people using this data. But I will say your data would be way less valuable if tech companies hadn't succeeded in brainwashing brands and ad agencies about how great and useful their platforms are for doing just that over the past 20 years. The funny thing is that if you explicitly provide your data to a company or they pay you for the right to advertise to you, that's infinitely more valuable than anything Google, Facebook, and Amazon are currently serving up to their customers. At least there, you're actually expressing an interest, as opposed to some dumb algorithm just assuming you're into something because of the data it collected. So, what happens with all this data? There are plenty of good, legitimate uses. All those sensors and cameras collecting information on you may sound scary, but that data could be used to fix the New York City subway system. Oh, dear God, please fix it. And to figure out population trends and which areas might need to be protected as sea levels continue to rise. So, just to be clear, in this book, we're not talking about the good uses because 
I don't have a problem with that. And I bet most of you don't have a problem with that either. Here, we're entirely focused on the scummy things being done with your data, often without your knowledge, all in the name of making a quick buck. So, since I mentioned the advertising industry, and because that industry and the tech industry are ground zero for scummy behavior involving your data, let me give you another example of what happens with all that data collected about you. I'm a Facebook hipster. I then deleted my Facebook account and then re-upped it in 2005 and have not been able to get off the stupid thing since. So so why can't you get off? So what, <laughs> what are your... <laughs> you guys... <laughs> The award-winning Smashing Security Podcast, hosted by Graham Cluley and Carol Terrio each week. It takes an irreverent look at cybersecurity and online privacy, helping you find out what's happening with your data. Find it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast apps, or at smashingsecurity.com. It's not all filth. One of the challenges of working in the advertising industry is identifying the right audience to target with the right message. Seems obvious, right? We, and I include myself here because I am a currently active marketing consultant, want you to buy stuff. So you have to go where the people are or where you think they are. You see, there's this old adage that is often misquoted by tech people, so-called digital gurus and marketers, that goes like this. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. The thing is, the guy who allegedly said that, John Wanamaker, probably didn't actually say it. It's sort of like how Brutus told everyone he was afraid of zombies in the Bible. That's a funny thing to say to people, but Brutus didn't actually say that either. In the case of Wanamaker, the true funny thing is that he, better than many others in his time, knew the power of advertising and how valuable it was in growing his prospering business ventures. He didn't need to question whether or not his advertising was successful because he saw the results of it firsthand. Isn't it hilarious that the guy everyone quotes in their argument against advertising actually was successful because of advertising? That's the sort of stupidity we're dealing with here when it comes to the justification behind your privacy being abused. And I know I've said this before, but I repeat things because repetition is important in education. The ad and tech industries are really stupid. So if you're like, but BJ, if the government was collecting all this data during and after World War I, then why didn't they stop the first terrorist attack on American soil in 1920 by Italian anarchists? Why didn't they stop the Boston Marathon bombing almost 100 years later in 2013? If we don't know what to do with this data, or have grossly overinflated its importance and our ability to interpret it? Why does every company still want it and keep talking about how data is the new oil? It's because we're dumb. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. Greedy people do dumb things in order to make money. Believe me, none of these people are going to turn off the money faucet until its source is completely dried up. If you want an academic explanation, there are plenty of books out there. 
complete with all the hand-wringing and what does it all mean that authors use to fill pages when they have nothing to say. But I'm not your guy. Your answer is greed. Your second answer is stupidity. And that goes all the way to the top. I was at a conference giving a presentation to government communicators, and someone working on behalf of a very large branch of the government told me that they personally agreed social media was but their bosses were obsessed with it because they were told how magical and wonderful it is. This was in 2017, so you and I may know this sort of thing is ridiculous, but we're far, far outnumbered by those who don't. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo can help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Thank you for listening to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv special report. Do you need a privacy audit? To help fund new episodes of Weiwo.tv, BJ is offering one-on-one -on -one privacy audits. These are private, one-time consultations that are conducted securely through Signal. During the audit, BJ will walk you through all 23 steps from our special report to help you better protect your privacy. Now, just to be clear, we're going to share all 23 steps with you here, for free, in this podcast mini-series. Because these are all tactics you can use right now to help protect yourself from fascists and weirdos, and we want to help keep everyone safe. These privacy audits are meant for people who may need some extra help implementing these steps or have additional questions that they want answered. You can have your one-on-one -on -one privacy audit with BJ by sending an email to bjmendelson at duck.com. That email again is bjmendelson at duck.com. And we'll see you next time right here on Weiwo.tv, right? Right?